Hello, Brad here. Just to say we're super proud that the Friday 5pm podcast is sponsored by the Malt Miller, the UK's best home brew store. We use the Malt Miller for all of our homebrew experiments, as well as tapping them up for advice and binging on their awesome YouTube channel all the time. That's why whenever we release a homebrew video, we put a recipe kit live on the Malt Miller, so you can brew with the exact same amazing ingredients that we did. The same ingredients used by pro brewers. So alongside the Malt Miller's nitro-flushed hops, cold-stored yeast and milled-to-order malts, you can pick up recipe kits for our Five Points Best Bitter, Russian River West Coast IPA, and now the fastest beer in the world, a hazy session IPA that goes from grain to glass in less than 48 hours. Sign up to their newsletter at tinyurl.com forward slash maltmiller to get 5% off your first order. With the Malt Miller's amazing customer service and Johnny's 48-hour recipe, you could order the ingredients on a Monday and be drinking the beer by the weekend. Speaking of which, it's Friday. It's 5pm. So enjoy this week's Friday 5pm podcast. It's Friday, it's 5pm. I hope you've had a stress-free week, which I think is about the most we can ask for at this point. How are you doing, Brad? Uh, I'm alright. I've, I've had a bit of a stressful week, but I won't get into that for once. For once, I won't get into it, Johnny. But um... <laughs> You always say that and then you still do. <laughs> you're, you're, you're genuinely not going to go into it this no, time. No, well, I've had a few things kicking off. My, my cat, Stevie, hasn't been very well, but um, she's hopefully she's on the mend and uh, I've had some other things happen, but... In general, we've had a nice week. We've done a lot of stuff in beer. And at the end of the day, we're here to talk about the beer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's been a rough week all over the world um, with lots of horrible, horrible scenes. Um, And in fact, we're going to put some links to some charities that I donated to today that you guys can as well to help support uh, the Black Lives Matters movement. But let's stick, stick to beer as uh, the uh, the often conservative uh, beer lovers will tell us. Um, so this week, uh, our video was all about West Valletta and 12, which I forgot I had in my stash. I had four of them that I'd forgotten about because they weren't stored in the same place as all my others. That That is another form of privilege. Um, that's, just, that's just showing off. Four of them they didn't even remember about. Four Westies. Crazy. Yeah, I just, I just I've just got like white whales just coming out of my ears. Wow. To be honest, wow. yeah. Um, so I thought it was five years old. It turns out from all the comments, people are saying, "Nah, that's three years old." They put three year dates on West Valletta and twelve, which is um, really disappointing. Um, partly because I don't remember being in Belgium in twenty seventeen, so I probably drank too many West Valletteans. <laughs> um, but also. I'm amazed that the monks don't think that their beer can last more than three years because it definitely can. And and in fact, it probably improves in bottle the West Valletta. So the three year they put a three year sell by date on it rather than a you thought it was a five year. Yeah, and and these were going out of date in like a like two months time, and I thought that meant they were just shy of five years. Turns out they're just shy of three. Okay. Um, okay. But they did taste nicely aged. They tasted um, well, very very delicious. But as we talk about in the video. And as I put on Twitter to um, what could have been audible gasps, I wasn't wasn't there to uh, witness them. But uh, I said it's not the best beer in the world. In fact, it's not even the best quad in my stash. Ooh, um, a lot of purists didn't didn't like that. But it's a you know it's a beautiful beer. But Roche Four Ten, uh, Abbott Twelve, uh, ABT Twelve, 
from St. Bernardus. I think even Straffer Hendricks quad, all three of them are better than Wes Valletta. And, um, is it, is it, it's just got such a legendary sort of mystique about Westy, hasn't it? Um, do you think it's just because it's got the coolest name? It sounds... I mean, it does have a really cool name. It is also probably the hardest to get hold of right. of all of them. And it is also uh, one of the... Not only the rarest, but it also a couple of years ago, probably about 10, 15 years ago now, they brewed an extra large batch and sent a load to America. And America went nuts for it. Clever um, monks. And I think that that's... Yeah, clever monks. Because it meant they got loads of uh, like rate beer ratings and stuff right. that from the Americans who loved rate, rate, loved rate beer at the time. And I think that really rocketed it up on all those rating sites. Whereas Rochefort's never had that, boom, we're in your country yeah. kind of approach even though Rochefort I think has been in the top 10 for almost exactly the same amount of time um and yet you can see that with Cantillon as well so Cantillon make fantastic Lambic I don't think they're the best Lambic producer but because they distribute fairly regularly in small proportions and do clever events in America it means that they're the highest rated of the Lambic blenders so I think those two breweries sort of mystique wise have taken a similar approach and it's really fucking worked for them boots on the ground the beers they produce aren't great yeah exactly but bottles on the ground bottles on the ground (laughs) um so yeah the video is all about uh how it's aged how it tastes we go into the the history of it the sharing shared lineage with both Westmall and with st bernardus brewery um and give it a taste and it is tasting beautiful it's aged really nicely we tried a slightly younger bottle we're a bit worried it was aging too fast a couple of years ago when we compared it to the St. Bernardus but actually that seems to happen really quickly and then it's pretty stable afterwards um not quite sure of the science behind that but you know the science of beer aging is pretty tricky um as we learned in our very long video the question I know is on everybody's lips at home is uh what pub snack would you match with it (laughs) Uh, you've got to have cheese. cheese. You've got to have Trappist cheese from the monastery on little cocktail sticks. Nice. On cocktail sticks. Nice. Yeah, man. That's, nice. how, that's how it's served. Uh, mm. Usually with a little bit of this special sort of Belgian mustard, which is like a mild, slightly sweet mustard that you dip the cheese in. That's the traditional uh, Belgian bar snack. Mustardy cheese. Oh, sounds Mustardy good. Mustardy cheese. Yum. Yeah. Yum yum. Um, so, the, and that would probably work really well with sort of the the slightly herbal um, edge that Westmal, uh, sorry, West Letteran has that Westmal doesn't. Um, that's probably a better match than than like a Westmal double or triple would be. Um, and the comments are really interesting on this one. Lots of people vehemently disagreeing with me, and lots of people vehemently agreeing with me. <laughs> Um, which is how I like the comments, like lots of different views, lots of different approaches. And the one that caught my eye was one that actually only came through this afternoon from the Beer Hooligan, who's a, a, a beer reviewer online. Um, he 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 took exception with something that I said about how I find it interesting that we think that you know five, ten monks in a monastery could brew the best beer in the world, not the people who have PhDs in um, fermentation science and have million pounds worth of of lab equipment uh, and have been doing it for decades and only doing that, Mm. Um, which I thought was a fair point. Um, But the beer hooligan um, says, I think if they had the technology and labs of the other brews, it wouldn't be the best beer in the world. Far from it. What makes it the best in the world is the rawness of it. Then throw in the fact that only five monks make this beer and now you get the rarity factor. 
add the rawness and the rarity factor together, uh, he's he's really thought about this, uh, and then it becomes somewhat mis- mythical. This is the Wagyu beef of beer. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, that That's only about a third of the comment. That's only a third of the comment? Bloody yeah. <laughs> I could keep going, but this podcast wow. is meant to be 20 minutes. Wagyu beef, they're, they're very mollycoddled, whereas I imagine the monks have a very difficult life. Um, very modest life. You're comparing the cows to the yeah <laughs> to, to the monks, not the people who actually make the wagyu no, beef. No, just no, no. Well, I guess the cows do make it, but the cows not. the cows make it surely. But yeah, the but people are the ones that are uh, yeah massaging them and feeding them beer. What do you think wagyu beef would taste like if they exclusively drank West West Valletta and Twelve? Because they drink beer, don't they? Wagyu beef. They feed them beer. Is that right? Do they yeah, drink beer? I think so. Yeah, but they're probably drinking asahi or something. Yeah. I, th- I think it would improve the flavour, right? I, th- I think I, I, you know, when I have a couple of quads, I certainly feel like it's it's in all of me. Hmm. It's a very intoxicating liquor, the the Belgian quad. We could call it what, like Wexy beef or something. Westy West you West you beef. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could. We, um, we need so to get those monks to, know... to. Sorry, I keep interrupting. We need to get those monks to fly over to Japan and start feeding the uh, the cows and make a super product even more. See, everything they do has to be either religious or for good causes, and I can't see feeding the richest people in the world slightly nicer <laughs> beef kind of falling within yeah. the Trappist beliefs. Now you say that you've got. You make a fair point, Johnny. All right, I back down. <laughs> Back down. But what a craft beer channel that would craft beer channel video that would be if we went picked up a case of of uh, Westie, then flew to Japan with it, mm. and then tried to convince a Wagyu beef manufacturer to feed their cows West Valetteran. Hmm. Just because Brad thought it would be fun. I think so. I think we should do that. I'm in. We should throw all of Seems our like budget. Seems like a good use it. of post COVID. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. COVID goodwill as well. Exactly. Yeah. Round the world trip. We go via Belgium to Japan, pick up some monks, pick up some cows, pick up. Oh, we're some... taking the monks. Uh, why not? Give them a jolly. I reckon they've had a pretty, pretty mediocre life. I'm sure they're sort uh, of happy I in think their own at way. Peace. Yeah, I, I guess you're probably right. Actually, we're we're all constrained by uh, the stuff that we own anyway. So, in fact, they're probably pretty much the happiest people going. I imagine. There you go. There you go. There's Brad's view on how happy monks are. Um, so going back to the comment, I was—I'd I'd love to know what people think about this. About this idea that if you have too much science in your brewery, too much technology and labs, does that compromise the beer in any, any way? I think it kind of cuts both ways in that it's definitely going to make your beer consistent. But in my view, it's always going to make it better. When I go to a brewery that doesn't have a lab where they're testing very specifically what they're putting out into the world, that makes me very nervous mm. um, unless I really trust that brewery. So I, I I don't subscribe to what the beer hooligan's saying, but I understand it. And I think certainly a couple of years ago when I was getting into beer, I probably would have thought that. I'd have preferred, you know, sort of unfiltered, unpasteurized, unanalyzed in a lab. Like that would have seemed more craft. But I think the actual truth of it is, most of the breweries you love will have significant quality assurance testing, taste panels. They'll know exactly, you know, the, the yeast counts, the IBUs, the exact ABVs, 
all of the different levels of different compounds, like diacetyl and DMS, they'll know all of that because they've got to to produce a consistent product. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if West Western have a lab and they're probably testing everything that goes out or they're sending it out for testing to check it's all still good. Science monks, Johnny. Science monks. Science monks, wow. I mean, science and religion, you know, they've got a great history together, never falling out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow science months that's some that's painting yeah. a picture in my mind sounds like a really bad netflix uh, box set it does i think i might watch it though <laughs> but I, I thought you were gonna say that so, I, i'd probably watch at least one episode yeah science months <laughs> science months i think they go around debunking science and they'd be like no that's not way no the world's not that way because of that it's because like, of did that. divine force not because of gravity. You're you're more persuasive than me. Mm. Me just going, God did that, probably God. wouldn't be a great TV show. No, no. Mm. Um, so, yeah, if you've got any thoughts on that, do tweet us or put a comment uh, on the Westy, um, Westy video. You can reply to the Beer Hooligan or just to us and we can get a, get a debate going. We're always up for debate. We also did a live show this week, didn't we, Brad? We did. It was uh, pretty much the one-year anniversary of us putting out our first feature documentary, uh, One for the Road, which was all about our, our exploration of the New England beer scene and why it's just about the best in the world. Um, and it was it was a great experience, wasn't it, Johnny? Our, our live watch-along. It was, yeah. So it was. we, we realised it last Friday. Um, basically, I looked at the calendar and saw that it was exactly a year since we released our documentary and we were like, shit, how can we celebrate that? And we worked out that we could do it via StreamYard in a slightly kind of crowbarred way. Um, but actually, it worked really, really well. We got to do a nice little intro. We took questions afterwards and we could sort of comment uh, DVD director's commentary style yeah. while it was going on. Um, and it worked really, really well. So I think we might look at doing that, you know, next time we do a live show that's brewery based. So we've got one next weekend with Cloudwater where we'll be um, interviewing Paul, the founder, and drinking six of his IPAs. You can still buy packs for that. There's a link in the descriptions box uh, for this podcast. Um, we could possibly watch a video we've done with Cloudwater before and keep that format going because um, we were there for the first ever New England double IPA being brewed in this country, and we filmed that. So that would be a cool thing we could sort of insert now we know how it works. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, I, I was, I wanted to watch maybe some funny ones like Asian Oktoberfest, uh, just for the lols. I think a director's commentary. Uh, I didn't get to go to Asian Oktoberfest, so I, I, I want to watch it back with everybody else, and I want Johnny to tell me about all the crazy shit he got up to behind the scenes, or didn't get up to behind the scenes. And there was the, the craziest one actually was I ended up in a brothel. I know that was I didn't want to mention it but I know I know the story. <laughs> I mean it was purely accidental. Yeah. We did not realize it was a brothel. We thought it was a karaoke bar. Yeah. Um but yeah there are lots of stories like that from China. It was a very very mad trip. Yes. So I think that might be on the cards and maybe some theme nights as well maybe like lager or something as well. So Yeah, and watch like a bunch of lager videos yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So that would be awesome. If you guys have any ideas of stuff you'd love to see, let us know. But otherwise, we'll we'll be thinking and we'll be coming up with some some concepts and some people we can work with to get beer fresh to you guys so we can do a drink along of it. 
Talking of live shows, tonight, if you are around and not listening on Dave, that joke doesn't work in podcasts. Um, also doesn't work because I do it every time. Uh, I am having a chat with Omnipolo, the founders of Omnipolo, um, tonight at 8.30pm on their importers Instagram Cave Direct, who I used to work for. So they've actually just stopped being um, gypsy brewers, although they might still do a little bit of gypsy brewing. Uh, they've actually set up a new brewery in a church. Nice. Lots of religious themes today. Yeah. Um, and so we'll be getting a tour of that church slash brewery with them and be asking some questions. And we're going to do a drink along on Instagram with those. Three of those beers are over 10%. So it'll be a drink along and then it'll be a pass out along. Good luck with um, that, Johnny. So, um, yeah, should be a lot of fun. Yes. I don't quite know how that's how that's going to play out, but we'll see. So, yeah, if you've got no plans tonight and want to watch me pass out live on Instagram, then head over to uh, Cave Direct's Instagram. I think it's at Cave Direct UK. It's the official Instagram um, for some on Apollo news. So the final thing we need to talk about is next week's video, which we're, we're going to hype up, aren't we, Brad? We are. We are. We're going to hype it. It it's a very exciting episode. We've been just before lockdown came into play. Uh, Brad and I were starting to nail down all the details and all the funding we needed to launch a proper homebrew playlist. So how to homebrew almost from scratch. Now lockdown meant that Brad and I couldn't meet. Meant that um, funding kind of fell apart. Meant that we we didn't have the equipment delivered. So we haven't actually been able to do that, but we will do that this year hopefully. But I have been hankering after a proper uh, hand-pulled pint of cask ale, which, if you're not from the UK, uh, is really sort of an, an inbuilt need in British humans, this love of, of cask ale. And uh, so I got so sick of it, I decided to brew my own. So that is what our video is on Wednesday, me desperately trying to find out how to produce real ale, which is really tricky because not only... Um, do you have to uh, ferment it in a certain way? You then have to ferment it in a secondary container so that you get natural carbonation. And then you have to pull it through a traditional hand pump to get the the sort of the proper body and mouthfeel. So I've been <laughs> buying secondhand things on the internet. I've been filling bags with beer. I've been um, hacking bits of pipe apart and doing all kinds of things to try and make it happen. And I think I think it's going to be a very exciting episode. Nice. You've been you've been uh, you're a bit like the A team when they they might get caught somewhere or MacGyver and they have to build some wacky crazy contraption to get what they need or to escape but in but what you need is a is a handful pint. So you've been engineering that. <laughs> I love yeah, it. the stakes are pretty low compared to the A team, <laughs> but it's still as dramatic, and there's lots of montages, so you know it's got serious. And and no one died making it either, which no one, no one ever, you never, no one, you never saw anyone die in an episode of the A Team ever. Plenty of people get shot, no one dies on screen. Fact. And there you go, wholesome family show based around violence. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and a hate of helicopters, which is fair enough. You, do you hate helicopters? Um, they are statistically, I think, about the most dangerous mode of transport. I might be wrong on that. They're not a safe. I mean, mode it, sound, of it sounds legit. They're fucking yeah. dangerous. I mean, they're whirly gigs. They shouldn't be up in the air, surely. 
Having said that, I've flown in a helicopter and I thought it was fucking awesome. So, uh, you know. So mixed messages from the brand. Sometimes it's worth taking your life into your hands when you you get to fly in a little glass-like box sphere that can, you know, you can look out of. And uh, it's cool, man. It's cool. It was very Jurassic Park. I've never been in a helicopter, but I really want to now. Yeah. The way you described that does sound deliciously dangerous. It 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 was spicy. Spicy, dangerous, and it's a sort <laughs> of thing. Spicy, whirly gig in the sky. Yeah, like billionaires use these fucking little things to fly about. They're 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 for a different sort of league of, uh, you know, whatever. I don't know. Which begs the question, Brad. Mm. What were you doing in a helicopter? Well, okay, so I was at a steam fair with my dad when I was about fifteen years old. A steam fair is Victorian steam engines. Um, and there was a, a guy doing helicopter flights. I think it was £15 for me, £15 for my dad. And we went up in a helicopter for about, I guess it was probably about five minutes, uh, in the middle of a field with hundreds of people around. And it was definitely a bit dangerous. But wow, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Well. What a different life I'd have had if that helicopter hadn't made it back to the ground. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it did. Yeah. Um, and on that bombshell, yeah. um, I regret saying that immediately, uh, it's 20 minutes, Brad. Uh, so that's the end of everyone's commute from their desk to their sofa. Yes. Um, I can't wait to do a podcast that is actually people commuting. And I, I hope that when we do, everyone sends photos of them, well, unless they're driving, of them listening to the bubble and actually podcasting. Um so I'll finish on the exciting news, which I haven't even shared with Brad yet, which is that this podcast has just broken into the top 100 podcasts in the UK for food and drink. Way! That's amazing. So thank you to everyone that has been reviewing and listening and getting us up there. We'll keep keep trying to grow uh, and keep trying to make this podcast better and better and better so we can keep climbing those rankings but that's that's an exciting thing to see and and proof that we we've got the concept right it's just our delivery <laughs> yes and we'll get there yes have an amazing weekend and we will see you on wednesday for some home brewing see ya the bubble podcast is brought to you by the nerds behind youtube's craft beer channel Head to youtube.com slash the craft beer channel to watch this week's video and over 400 more exciting episodes. If you love what we do, please, please, please do subscribe and even join our Patreon at patreon.com slash craft beer channel. Love and beer. Oh.